is listen to Talk Radio Network, VoiceAmerica.com, with Joyce Bender and Disability Matters. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And welcome to our show. And I want to say first a special thank you to all of my listeners who have taken time to send in donations to victims of Katrina, especially people with disabilities who were victims. And the number of calls we've received and the number of support, I just want to thank you. As I always say, I have the best listeners anyone could ever have, ever on any show. And speaking of this whole issue, it is such a special honor for me to have someone I consider uh, not only my friend, but a friend of all Americans with disabilities, the Officer for Civil Rights and Civil Liberties at the United States Department of Homeland Security as my very, very special guest today, Dan Sutherland. Welcome to our show. Thank you. It's great to be with you. Well, it's great to have you on again. And, Dan, so you know, uh, you are one guest that we have received so many emails from our listeners who really appreciated everything you're doing to help them. Um, and so in behalf of all them, I'll start out by thanking you also. And with that, I want to get right to the issue at hand and find out from you, you know, what is the current situation for Americans with disabilities who were victims of Katrina and, you know, how are they being helped and what can we do to help you and what's going on? Um, well, let me start um, maybe from a different angle. I, I think that the um, impact of these two hurricanes, particularly Katrina, but the, the second one, Rita, as well, has been very severely felt in the disability community. That's probably no news to anybody who's listening. But we, we went and did some... Um, a demographic research, um, and we discovered that, in, for example, in the cities of Biloxi and Mobile, according to the census, about 25% of the population of those cities were categorized in the census as people with disabilities. We looked at uh, New Orleans as well, and, um, uh, you know, you can look at statistics from different angles and depends on what size the metropolitan area and that sort of thing, but in, in New Orleans, 21.3% of the residents of the city were people with disabilities, which means that almost a quarter of a million people from New Orleans were categorized in the census as people with disabilities. Of course, that breaks down a lot of different ways, and I can give you those sorts of numbers. But, um, I mean, we knew, for example, that the paratransit system in New Orleans was providing about 30,000 rides a month. So it tells you that there's a substantial uh, disability community in these areas that were affected by the hurricanes, and um, and clearly... Uh, the community was, um, you know, very adversely affected, uh, disproportionately so. Let me give you one other statistic that I thought was very interesting and telling. The Washington Post hired a polling company right after the hurricanes, and they went into the um, uh, Houston Astrodome and some other places where there were large shelters in Houston. They did a survey of people asking, why didn't you evacuate? 22% of the people said they did not evacuate New Orleans because they were physically unable to leave. And 23% more said they had someone to care for who was physically unable to leave. 
That means 45% of the people who did not evacuate and had and had to go through what they went through and then were removed into Houston area were, were people with disabilities or their family and friends with disabilities, 45% of the people. Oh, and you know, I know this has to, I know this is true because uh, last week our guest, uh, when we had John Lancaster on the show, and he was talking about this very same issue and told about the Independent Living Center in New Orleans and Biloxi where they were receiving all these phone calls saying, they, well, there were 100 phone calls saying, no one is coming to get me. You know, I can't leave. No one is, I can't get out. I need help. And tragically, they've only found 26 people of just that one small example. But that one small example magnified, you know, for the whole city, comes closer to all the numbers you're talking about. And that truly is a tragedy for people with disabilities. Well, it's really a tragedy for the country, too. And um, I think so many things about Katrina particularly um, surprised and overwhelmed the emergency response network, which is, you know, very uh, complex. You know, the governor's supposed to do certain things. There's certain responsibilities on the mayor. There's certain on FEMA, some on Red Cross. You know, there's just, it's a complex thing. But the um, the magnitude of this natural disaster really tested everybody. And I think one thing we're trying to do is to let people know um, who are the people who you better be looking at in terms of long-term issues? And and who who are the demographics of the victims? Mm-hmm. And the more we can educate people on that, I think we're going to help make the next several months go better. Oh, I agree. I Every time now when I speak anywhere in the United States, you know, I remind people that I always say you're never, ever free in this country until you have employment because you can't live the American dream if you don't have employment. And surely if people didn't get it before, I think that seeing Katrina and Rita made it very clear that when you're in poverty, you know, it's a whole tragic different world. So I'm I'm glad to hear that you're doing those long term um issues. And I, I thought of you, Dan, right away why I wanted to have you on is that I think this clearly points out how critical that Emergency Preparedness Act is for Americans with disabilities. As I mentioned, you've been on the show before, and I remember the last time you were on, you know, you were telling all of our listeners how you went to the Oval Office uh, with the President, you know, when, when this act was signed. But I also remember you talking about, and you know, this needs to be not just at the federal level, but at the local level and the state level. And, you know, when many people heard this, I think that they thought, well, yeah, okay, they'll do this at the federal level, but, you know, how are we going to make this happen um, at the local and state level? And now you can see how, how, how wise your words were because, you know, unfortunately, look what happened without having that. So I was wondering what's going on at the federal level to implement this act more, and, you know, what can be done at the state and local level? Okay. Um, just to give your listeners a background, in July of last year, uh, July 2004, the president signed an executive order that dealt with the whole issue of emergency preparedness and individuals with disabilities. Um, we have been working very hard uh, for the past year um, 
on a variety of issues. We set up a, a team that worked on communications issues, one that dealt with evacuations in the workplace, one that dealt with transportation issues, and on and on it went. Uh, we prepared, by the way, a, um, a couple of things that I would just alert your um, listeners to. One is we did a report to the president this July on a year's worth of our activities, and um, they can find that on uh, www.dhs.gov slash disability preparedness. And so it describes the work that we've done. On there also you can find we prepared a book that um, deals with um, evacuation from the workplace. It gives um, building managers and employers, particularly those in the government, particularly focused on government employers, but how can you deal with employees with disabilities and make sure you have a good evacuation plan. So we have those two documents. And the third thing is if you look at that website, there's a resource center where we tried to start to collect um, all the different publications and guidance that has been technical assistance materials that have been done by different government agencies and private sector uh, entities on emergency preparedness and people with disabilities. So if somebody will look there, it's, it's hopefully getting going to become and, and is to a certain extent now sort of a one-stop shop on this issue. So it's www.dhs.gov slash disability preparedness. All right? That uh, takes us back sort of that's that's the first year of our work. And when was this signed again, Dan? It was www. No, no, I'm sorry. When, when was the act signed? Oh, the uh, July 2004. It was July an executive 2004. order. July 2004. Right. And right. since I've, I've mentioned to the listeners that, you know, you were there and you were involved, maybe in case you've just joined the show, we are talking to Dan Sutherland, truly considered a civil rights leader for Americans with disabilities who works at the Department of Homeland Security. But, Dan, maybe you could take a minute... Let's back up and you tell our listeners what you do at the Department of Homeland Security. Okay. Um, my um, position is I'm called the Officer for Civil Rights and Civil Liberties at the Department of Homeland Security. And basically I'm um, an advisor. I run a team of people. We give advice to the Secretary and the senior leadership of the Department on uh, issues at the intersection of Homeland Security and Civil Rights and Civil Liberties. So we deal with immigration issues and detention. We run a whole detention system here. Um, we deal with uh, Muslim Americans and Arab Americans, uh, training issues, just a variety of issues. One of them is um, disability, uh, the disability community and emergency context. So that produced this executive order. And then when Katrina hit, we be, you know, began trying to solve problems for people uh, with you know, who are dealing in the disability community dealing with Katrina. So it became, it, um, originally we were trying to develop policies, which I just laid out to you, where you can find them on the web and everything. But then when this disaster hit, we realized we needed to put policy into action, really do something with all that, and we became more operational. So we created what we call an incident management team. And we had about 10 or 12 government agencies participating in this incident management team. We have been meeting daily or we certainly exchange emails or phone calls daily, um, daily or, um, uh, or every other day to, um, uh, to meet and discuss and try and solve problems for people with disabilities. But that's been sort of the game plan the last, um, the last uh, six weeks. Okay, now... How do you get this act implemented, or shall I say, passed on so that people at the local and state level really start doing something with this? Um, 
Well, uh, I think that what we've um, what we've done is begin to lay some good building blocks uh, for work in this area. Um, really, I think from Katrina, we're learning a, a lot. Uh, I keep a legal pad beside my desk with you know lessons learned. What are the things we need to put in place now that we've seen something like this happen to make sure that it doesn't happen again? One of the things that we did, for example, is um, Claudia Gordon, my colleague, who uh, many people will know, um, Hold went on to with that thought. Okay. Hold on, Dan. We're going to go to break for a minute, and we'll be right back. You're okay. listening to Dan Sutherland from the Department of Homeland Security and Joyce Bender, the voice of voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back. The world leader in Internet Talk Radio. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. At Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, our mission is to provide superior technology consulting services to our customers while creating career opportunities, independence, and freedom for people with disabilities. While the demand for skilled technology professionals is reaching an all-time high, over 13 million disabled Americans, many of them experts in technology, remain unemployed. Since 1995, Bender Consulting Services Incorporated has worked to solve these critical social and business issues by providing employers with reliable talent and giving individuals with disabilities the chance to display their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at BenderConsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.BenderConsult.com in the U.S. and www.BenderOfCanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.BenderConsult.com. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. Have you put down the morning paper in disgust because they weren't reporting what you wanted to read? Have you wondered why there aren't more women's voices in the news? Well, so have I, and we're about to change that. This is former Minnesota State Senator Ember Reichgat Young. I hope you'll join me for a new radio show every Thursday all about women on the move. We'll look at what's missing in the news, the issues often ignored in mainstream media, like how does Social Security reform really affect women? Why is the Department of Labor proposing to stop collecting workforce data on women? What role will women play in Iraq's new government? We'll create that debate right here. The Ember Reichgott Young Show will have prominent women you know and inspiring women you don't know. We'll share stories of women's leadership, courage, and vision. We just need you to be part of the conversation. So join us for the Ember Reichgott Young Show every Thursday at 1 p.m. Central Time. It's all about you, women on the move, on voiceamerica.com. The world leader in Internet talk radio. Internet talk radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. If you have a question or comment, please call toll-free at 1-888-335-5204. 
Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Welcome back to the show. We're talking to Dan Sutherland, the Officer for Civil Rights and Civil Liberties at the United States Department of Homeland Security. And I think we have a caller on the line. Carol? Um, first, I'd like to take a moment, Dan, to congratulate you on the phenomenal manual that um, ODEP uh, prepared called Preparing the Workplace for Everyone and also for the outstanding work um, that the federal agencies are doing to educate employees, employers, on the importance of emergency preparedness. Um, the gap that we as ADA consultants are seeing in light of Katrina and Rita deals primarily with businesses and commercial buildings, that emergency preparedness has not been addressed sufficiently or even not at all. Um, when we go to businesses, we ask them, do you know who is in your building at any given point in, in time, what their needs might be, or how to safely evacuate them or shelter in place until first responders arrive. And many tell us that they have no such plan in place. And my questions are several fold. Um, do you have any suggestions to where we in the private sector can go to get assistance from the federal government to help the Gulf Coast with emergency preparedness education and rebuilding? And uh, second, billions of dollars are being earmarked for or by the federal government for reconstruction for both temporary and permanent housing, schools, buildings, etc. And I was wondering, who is paying close attention to this reconstruction as it relates to people with disabilities and ensuring that the monies are being spe spent specifically for that? And is FEMA utilizing the technical assistance that's out there to ensure that what is being built is being built correctly under the ADA as well as fair housing. And I'm going to hang up now and listen to your question. Thank you. Hey, Carol, thank you for calling in. Um, well, let me take uh, the second question first. I can talk to the, about that for an hour, about um, the issue of housing and reconstruction. I think um, in some respects uh, the next several weeks and months present a real opportunity to the disability community um, as there is a whole region that is really being rebuilt. So if we do good work now, we're going to um, really be glad that, that we did. And if we miss an opportunity now, we're going to be unhappy that we did later on. Um, we have been really focused on the housing issue. Um, we uh, you know, trumpet the cause everywhere we can and to every person that we can. We have um, sent... Um, uh, specialist on disability issues, again, just it so happens to be Claudia Gordon, who I mentioned earlier, um, an attorney in my office. Um, she's in Baton Rouge working for the principal federal official, Admiral Allen, on disability issues. And she has been pulling people together there on the ground, uh, trying to get them to be aware of the issue of accessibility and uh, figure out a, a, a way forward. And one thing that she's done, a specific thing that she's done is um, this week, I think tomorrow, she's bringing an architect uh, who is a specialist in, uh, in accessibility issues to Baton Rouge for three or four days to um, go on site, on the ground, look at the sites that they're trying to choose and try to educate people and work. So that's something that's going on on the ground. Here in Washington, our colleagues at HUD and Department of Justice have worked really hard on trying to look at the specifications that FEMA has for manufactured housing to make sure that those specifications are revised and rewritten 
to provide uh, for accessibility at, at the highest levels. And so we're working with FEMA to change the specifications, which we think is a, is a significant issue. Um, those are just a couple of things that we're trying to do in terms of uh, accessible housing. Um, Joyce, I can't remember the first question. I just want to say, though, Dan, when I'm hearing you talk about that, that is so tremendous that you're getting a chance to do that right from the beginning, you know, with the housing. Mm -hmm. uh, but the first question was, as I recall, uh, that when Carol goes and speaks to the commercial and private sector, right. that they have no awareness at all or no plan, zero information about this, and that's what she was inquiring about. Okay. On the private businesses, um, I think that um, hopefully now that we are putting out some materials that will help people, um, such as Carol or others who go to a shopping mall or a private business and try to educate them about the issues, hopefully they'll have some documents and pieces of paper in their hands that they can show people that this really does need to be taken seriously and there are good alternatives there. Um, she may be aware, but some of your listeners may not, that there was a uh, lawsuit in uh, state court in, um, in Maryland this past year against a shopping mall that did not have an evacuation plan. And uh, the, the judge, again, it was state court, not federal, but the state court judge held that Title III of the Americans with Disabilities Act requires places of uh, public accommodation, such as a business or a, a shopping mall, to have an evacuation plan. And uh, then the case was ultimately settled. But um, that was a significant ruling and one that I think would catch the attention of most uh, private businesses' attorneys. Yes, we better think this wasn't through. So there you go. I guess another thing that... Um, I, I like that idea of taking information right from your website, right from the Department of Homeland Security and saying, you know, this is a real issue. This is something real. We need to do something about it. We know very well uh, that, you know, this unfortunately won't be the last thing that could happen to us, you know, in this country as it just is a, you know, very disturbing over the past several years seeing all these terrible things happen, including this even uh, recent earthquake in uh, Southeast Asia, which I, you know, my heart goes out to all the families in Pakistan and uh, India and or Afghanistan that were impacted by that terrible, terrible uh, earthquake that occurred. But, you know, things do happen and can happen, and that's why I think when Dan talks about this, you know, surely after Katrina we've learned that, you know, this is important. We, we really need to take this seriously. And, Dan, don't, didn't you have a conference about this before? Uh, the um, National Capital Region, in other words, the governors of Virginia and Maryland and uh, the mayor of the District of Columbia, using funds that came from the Department of Homeland Security, held a conference on this a year ago. The National Organization on Disability uh, was a partner in that, so it was a, a three-way partnership. Uh, federal, uh, the state, the people from the region, and the National Organization on Disability. You can find a lot about that conference on the National Organization on Disabilities website. I think a lot of that is archived, and it was a really tremendous conference. I think there were 400 people there, and, and about 200 had to be turned away. But, yeah, it was an excellent conference. A lot of good ideas were um, were developed through that. And will you be having one of these again? Well, um no, no, absolutely. I just can't uh, identify a particular time. The I'm thinking, wow, if 200 were turned away before? Yeah. Probably 1,000 turned away this time. Right. Can't I can't imagine how that would be. But as you said, you have so many things you're having to deal with. I know you have to deal with 
what is the most important right now. So let's talk about that. Uh, as you were mentioning before on the show, you've been doing a lot of work. You have Claudia Gordon down there, and if, if you haven't met Claudia, you maybe would recognize her because uh, not only is she brilliant, uh, she is a woman who is deaf, but in addition to all that, she's beautiful. She was a model, I think, for uh, the Gap or Macy's or someone. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I met her a long time ago before she started working with the Department of Homeland Security. She's a very impressive individual. Uh, but, Dan, as you are doing all this work, what are you finding out in reference to the impact of this with people with disabilities? Well, I think, um, you know, the situation is very difficult on the ground. I think it's difficult for um, people in a lot of different, um, uh, from a lot of different backgrounds. The deaf community, for example, has a lot of communication issues. I think there are, um, you know, people with wheelchairs um, who were separated from their equipment. Some of you know, people spent thirty, forty thousand dollars on equipment that they were evacuated away from, and now. They don't have this equipment, and their people with medications are having a difficult time continuing to get med- medications. Um, people with mental illness who are struggling from it. I think there are a lot of complex issues across the board. Um, the good news is that I I really see the federal government working in a more focused um, and effective way than in any other um, uh, disaster, which I think really comes from the president signed this executive order and saying, I'm, I, "I want a group of people focusing on this." And so now we've got we've got a group of people. We've got a mechanism to handle things, um, and I think we've been able to to make some good progress. Unfortunately, there are just uh, very large challenges here. But as I said, I think we've made some progress. Which um, maybe as we talk along, we can run through a few of a few of the things that might stimulate some of your listeners as well to think about ways they can participate. Well, I would be happy to hear that right now because we're getting a tremendous amount of email about you being on the show, and the number one question is, what can we do to help? What can we do to help? I think anything um, anyone can do um, to try to stimulate um, understanding of these issues in their county, in their city, in their state, that's what you should be doing. I think a lot of the issues that have come up as a result of Katrina are things that um, that, that could have been handled had we all done what, what we could have done in advance. So it's important for us to learn the lessons from Katrina, uh, which uh, we will be doing, I'm sure, at some point putting out a, a report with you know steps that need to be taken, some of the things we're already doing now. But I think if right now... You know, the emergency management official in X town or X county uh, is going to be listening with wide open ears in a way that they didn't, they weren't before. And so, I would really strongly encourage people to get with their local um, emergency management officials here in the next few weeks and months to talk about these issues and to offer their help. One of the big areas that we were even talking, we had a, uh, a substantial meeting with the Red Cross today. One of the things that they wish that they had that now we can work on in terms of uh, the future is better connections to the disability service providers, the advocacy organizations in a local area. All right. I want to talk about that. As soon as we come back from break, uh, you are listening to Dan Sutherland, Officer for Civil Rights and Civil Liberties at the Department of Homeland Security and a really good friend to all of us. 
This is Joyce Bender, the voice of voiceamerica.com. Hold on. We'll be right back. Bringing the world together. You're listening to America's Voice. VoiceAmerica.com At Vendor Consulting Services Incorporated, our mission is to provide superior technology consulting services to our customers while creating career opportunities, independence, and freedom for people with disabilities. While the demand for skilled technology professionals is reaching an all-time high, over 13 million disabled Americans, many of them experts in technology, remain unemployed. Since 1995, Bender Consulting Services Incorporated has worked to solve these critical social and business issues by providing employers with reliable talent and giving individuals with disabilities the chance to display their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at BenderConsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.BenderConsult.com in the U.S. and www.BenderOfCanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.BenderConsult.com. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. Hello, this is Rory Garay, President of Greyhound Pets of America and host of Greyhounds Make Great Pets on Voice America. Join me every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific and 2 p.m. Eastern for an insightful and enjoyable talk about one of man's best friends, the Greyhound. Learn about the history of the Greyhound, discuss proper obedience and training techniques, and find out more about the Greyhound racing industry and what they are doing to help the adoption effort of the former race dog. If you own a Greyhound or just love dogs like I do, join me for Greyhounds Make Great Pets every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. The world leader in Internet talk radio. Internet talk radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. If you have a question or comment for Joyce or her guest, please call toll-free at 1-888-335-5204. Now back to Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And we are talking to Dan Sutherland from the Department of Homeland Security. Um, and may I say, just a really great American who works so hard for all groups who are being oppressed, but certainly has done a lot for Americans with disabilities. And, Dan, when we went to break, I, the question I had mentioned to you that all the listeners have been se- sending in to us is what can we do to help and you were mentioning, of course, you know, what they could do. But then you were talking also about in the future how you want to somehow get this connected to disability service providers. Right. Do you want well, to I talk think, about that? Yeah. I think what, uh, what we need to do is, um, let's say you live in, uh, you know, Oklahoma City or, you know, uh, Kansas City, Missouri or Lawrence, Kansas or something, um, and, and you have a, uh, you're a disability service provider and advocacy organization. If you will, 
connect up with the Red Cross in that area. One thing that we found after the um, after Katrina is that many of these organizations then went to the shelters trying to help, but they didn't have credentials from the Red Cross, and so the Red Cross didn't let them in. There's a lot of people trying to come and go from shelters, and they have to have some sense of control over who's coming and going. People with credentials jumped right in. So if the disability community, the advocacy organizations, those who would who would want to jump in at an organization, you know, at a level, you know, like this after an, an event, if they will go to the Red Cross now, get integrated in with them, I'm sure it takes, uh, you know, one evening of training, you know, three or four or five hours worth of training, you get their credentials, and then you're ready to go. And then that solves probably half of the problems that we saw in the days after uh, um, uh, Katrina was just getting the disability organizations connected up with the people running the shelters. And if we can bridge that gap now, that's a major step that can be taken right now and just, you know, improves preparedness. You know what? That is a great idea. That is a great idea. And, you know, when you had been talking prior to the break about things that, you know, happen, I know uh, the chairman of the board of the Epilepsy Foundation this year is Tony Quello. And I know that Tony immediately called all the uh, affiliates of the Epilepsy Foundation in New Orleans, Alabama, Mississippi, you know, to say what can we do or what do we need to do to help. Uh, and in addition, of course, to us making a monetary contribution, he contacted the pharmaceutical companies to make sure, you know, that we have medication. Uh, because just as you mentioned, that's another example of something that went uh, terribly wrong because if you don't have your medication, there are people who died who had epilepsy, you know, who mm-hmm. went into status epilepticus and, and died, you know, just as if you didn't have your insulin or you didn't have your medication. Um, if you have a psychiatric disability, all these things can be tragic, uh, you know, one way or the other. But so many people wanted to get involved. What can I do? What can I do? I want to help. You know, I know what's going on if the person's having a seizure. But having, I guess, a, I, what you're referring to as a central clearinghouse, to say, look, I want to help, but I, you know, give me the credentials. What all do I need to know so I'm certified? Makes this process so much better. Right. Yeah, absolutely. If you get prepared now, you get into their system. They know you. You know them. You have their credentials. You're ready to go. I guess the other thing I would say is each individual, whether you have a disability or not, but each individual needs to have a plan for themselves. Where are they going to go? And one thing we were talking with the Red Cross today was uh, we were telling the story of how many people with disabilities were sent to the New Orleans airport, which was sort of a, a medical uh, staging ground, as I understood it. Well, a number of people were um, separated from their uh, wheelchairs, which, you know, some of those are very expensive and, and customized, you know, machines. Um, it, now we have gathered, we and others have gathered some of those, but we don't know who to give them back to. So even a simple thing like, Identifying, putting on the on the chair that it's yours, who you are, where you, you know, and contact information for you is a is a major issue. But if you would think through, each person would come up with a plan for themselves, and then their organization get involved with the local uh, authorities. Those would be two huge steps. And Dan, I want to say anything I can do, anything this radio show can do, or Voice America, and anything Bender Consulting Services can do. To help you, I am 100% behind this, and I myself will make sure we talk to with 
uh, several of my good friends here in the city, such as Linda Dickerson and Joan Stein. Um, I will make sure we talk to the people you said and try to be an example of what you're talking about. Great. You know, our, our, and our government officials. Because it's so would be so great to have examples of where all of this is understood and done right, including including people with disabilities. Right. I think that's that's one of our um, goals over the next year is to go around and find different cities or counties where um, things are being done well, mm-hmm. so that we can um, uh, get a uh, you know use them as as best practices and identify them for other people. As a matter of fact, one of the things, and I want all of my listeners, I challenge all of you, whatever state you're in, uh, listening to the show, and even if you're in another country, if you have a disability, believe me, epilepsy is epilepsy no matter where you are. But go to your government, ask them about this, tell them you want to do something, you want to get involved, you can make a difference. But as I always tell people, if they don't hear from you, nothing will happen. You have to speak up. You know, right here in the United States, 54 million Americans with disabilities. What a tremendous amount of people that is. But until we get united and start working on these things, you know it can be a matter of life and death, as you saw with what happened with Katrina. So, you know, I really challenge you to listen to Dan Get involved. Uh, you can also go to this website. Dan, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, would they just go to that website that you gave? Yes. Yeah, it's uh, dhs.gov slash disability preparedness. Okay, www.dhs.gov slash disability preparedness. If you're listening, it could be your life, it could be someone else's life, you never know what's going to happen. We, we, we've learned that the hard way several times. We need to be prepared, or you will be left out. Just as Dan's giving these examples, we need to be prepared. We are a group of people that's very diverse, complicated issues, but if we work together, we really can make a difference. It would be, Dan, as if you had Epilepsy Foundation, UCP, AAPD, Nickel, all of these big groups, if they could all get together, meet with you, and then in every state, city, have a city where they have an example of this, that would be tremendous because we need to work together. There's too much of this not working together, you know, and, and, and we need to change that. But um, I did want to ask you, Dan, the second question that most of my listeners wanted to know is, at this point in time, what is the best way, in your opinion, to make a contribution to victims of Katrina? It's a good question. I think that um, a lot of, there's a, a lot of money has flowed there. I think that um, um, maybe the, the best idea would be for people to contact, um, you know, the um, Centers for Independent Living in, in those areas or the um, uh, Developmental Disability Council. Or, or the related organization that, that you're familiar with in your area, and just ask what could they um, what could they use, what sort of help could they use from you? There certainly has been a lot of money that has flown in, uh, flowed into the area. I think what people on the ground really need is they're they're tired. They need new uh, people to come in with new energy um, 
to do the work. So I think people who could volunteer a few days in the area, uh, that would be very very welcome as well. But you'd have to coordinate that on the ground with whichever organization you're going to go in and help them out. That's a great idea. And I'll tell you another great idea. If you are a business and you're listening to this show, employment. These people mm-hmm. need employment because no matter how much money goes there to build houses, rebuild New Orleans, rebuild, you know, parts of Biloxi, no matter how much, you know, at the end of the day, if you're living with someone else now, whether you're in Houston or no matter where you are, and you've lost your home and you've lost your employment, you need employment. They need employment. I noticed the other night, Dan, I don't know if you saw this, I think it was on CNN, that um, they were having this show where they would have a person come on from that area and say, I'm, you know, I was a chef or I did this or I did that, you know, sort of like a video resume trying to find employment for, you know, these mm-hmm. people. And as I was seeing that, I thought, oh, my goodness. Now, just imagine if you have a disability. I mean, you already have this tragically high unemployment. So, you know, anything you can help any way in that area would be tremendous. And uh, I'm going to talk about that more and about, Dan, and about Dan personally in a minute. But, Dan, of everything that has happened, what impacted you most from what you saw with Katrina? Mm, boy, a lot of photographs we put together, photographs of, of people with disabilities in various parts of the system that were very striking. Um, there was a particular time when uh, we were getting an email about a particular man, an elderly man with a disability whose family had lost him. They didn't know where he was, and it spent uh, three or four days trying to track him down. And we finally, at midnight on, on a Saturday, a particular Saturday, they sent an email saying they'd found him. Um, I think some of the bigger issues have been... Um, memorable, too, like the day uh, after we began uh, meeting with all the disability service providers in the area, which we've been doing by telephone conference, they'd identified right in the aftermath of Katrina that people who went across state lines and were now in Texas or another state weren't able to refill their prescriptions at a lot of pharmacies because the pharmacies wouldn't take a Louisiana card or a Mississippi card because they're a different state now. And um, one of our um, great friends on our council, um, Dr. Giannini from um, Health and Human Services, went to the head of uh, Medicaid and Medicare systems and the next morning and told them this problem. And within 24 hours, they'd issued guidance telling pharmacies and, and state governments to make sure that these life-saving medications can be purchased using out-of-state cards. So we've been able to solve you know, some problems like that, which I, I think um, have been encouraging. It uh, gives us the energy to keep going that there are problems that can be solved. Okay, well, you know, we need any good news we can hear. And we're, we are happy, Dan, to have you as our leader. We're talking to Dan Sutherland from the Department of Homeland Security, who is an officer for civil rights and civil liberties. You're listening to Joyce Bender on The Voice of VoiceAmerica.com. We'll be right back. The world leader in Internet Talk Radio. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. 
At Vendor Consulting Services Incorporated, our mission is to provide superior technology consulting services to our customers while creating career opportunities, independence, and freedom for people with disabilities. While the demand for skilled technology professionals is reaching an all-time high, over 13 million disabled Americans, many of them experts in technology, remain unemployed. Since 1995, Bender Consulting Services Incorporated has worked to solve these critical social and business issues by providing employers with reliable talent and giving individuals with disabilities the chance to display their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at BenderConsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.BenderConsult.com in the U.S., and www.benderofcanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.benderconsult.com. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. Tune in every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time for Powerful Prayer with host Connie Coddington. Each week, Connie and her guests will explain the healing system called Christian Science and share stories of how they have used the spiritual laws of God to bring healing to their lives. You can learn how to bring healing to your life, too. So tune in to Powerful Prayer with host Connie Coddington every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, only on Voice America, America's Voice. My name is Maxine Thompson, and I am America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. The world leader in Internet talk radio. Internet talk radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. If you have a question or comment, please call toll-free at 1-888-335-5204. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And welcome back, and we've been talking to Dan Sutherland, Officer for Civil Rights, and Civil Liberties at the U.S. Department of Homeland Security. And I want to mention that one of the reasons we had Dan on this month is because it is, as you recall, National Disability Employment Awareness Month, very near and dear to my heart. And next week is, coming up soon, Disability Mentoring Day. October 19th, the third Wednesday of every October is Disability Mentoring Day, and I hope everyone listening is participating in that day when high school and college students go for the day to a company or federal agency for a day of job shadowing. And ironically, I will be talking to Jonathan Young not long after this show, who worked for President Clinton and was the first person who called me about Disability Mentoring Day and his idea years ago. And why I brought that up, Dan, is that you are a person who I believe has focused on that treasure called employment for people with disabilities. I know this from personal experience, and I just want to thank you for everything you've done. Oh, no, thank you. I mean, the the benefit is ours. We uh, feel that if 
um, I mean, we're starting a new department here at Homeland Security. We need to have the best people and not lock out certain groups of people based on stereotypes or preconceptions. So you're you're helping us and others are helping us get the best and most talented Americans. That's our, to our benefit. Okay, and if you're listening to the show right now, so you know what I'm talking about, of course, if you're one of my listeners, long-time listeners, you know I have epilepsy, and I am the CEO of Vendor Consulting Services, which we are proud to say is now in 13 states, and we are also in two provinces of Canada. But here in the United States, you know what makes a big difference for people? If they can get that internship. If they can just, while they're in college, get that work internship. And thanks to Dan Sutherland and the secretary, and people that he got involved, like Kathy Lane, I am so proud to tell all of my listeners that we successfully saw people with disabilities, significant disabilities, work at the Department of Homeland Security and still are working there. Uh, And, Dan, you know, I can't begin to tell you how great I think that is. And I'm bringing this up because one of them, Casey Reese, worked in the Chief Information Officer office and had a very significant disability. And, you know, her fiancé used to work for me, Justin Granger, and Justin was in Biloxi, Mississippi, and was able to leave, and Casey was able to leave. Uh, So they were, thank goodness, safe and sound after, you know, Katrina hit. But how impressed I was when I found out that one of the first things that happened is that the Department of Homeland Security called Casey just to see if she needed anything. Mm-hmm. Well, she was a great employee and um, really um, was the, t- the type of person that you want to have uh, here, and uh, she made a good impression here. Well, as I said, here's a word to all the federal agencies. Great idea with DHS's joint. Great idea. Everyone should consider doing that. As I mentioned to Dan, and I'm going to talk about this next week on our show, uh, the NSA is doing something absolutely phenomenal. And so I think to myself, amazing. DHS and NSA, boy, if they can do it, shame on you. Everyone should be doing it. But uh, you know, Dan, employment is an issue that is very important to me. I assume you are, just by seeing what you've done with these college interns, continuing pushing that at the Department of Homeland Security for people with significant disabilities. Right. If we, um, right. In any way we could, um, we could bring in more talented people. That's what our perspective has been on, on uh, the employment side of things. And I think we have been able to expose our workforce and, uh, to some great people. Uh, it's led to three or four permit hires, which we've been very encouraged about. Well, that is great because one person, one person gaining employment, just one, you are giving them civil rights because you're giving them freedom something they have not had before. And you know, if you're listening, remember, Disability Mentoring Day, good way to start, October 19th. Bring in those uh, college interns with significant disabilities. You do two things. You show them, wow, look at Claudia Gordon. She's a person who is deaf, and she has this fantastic position at the Department of Homeland Security there is hope for me. And at the same time, you show the hiring manager, okay, hold on a minute. Why aren't we hiring people with disabilities? They can do the job. They can do it. What do you think about that, Dan? Well, I think that we've uh, seen that uh, played out here. Um, uh, 
you know, we have had a number of people come through on internships, and as I said, three or four permanent hires from that. Since the time we started um, the initiative, your old friend, Secretary Tom Ridge, uh, started this uh, whole initiative. And from the time he started it and tried to get, um, you know, managers here interested in the subject, um, we've seen a 100% increase in hiring people with disabilities within our headquarters. Now, um, we're not satisfied. It basically means we doubled the number of people with disabilities who we had here at our headquarters. There's a long way yet to go, and we want to make sure that people are getting, you know, open uh, open doors and, and they're really able to show their talents. But it, it was encouraging to us that um, uh, if we lay a good infrastructure, sell the idea, bring them good people, that the results come with it. Yeah, and I'll tell you what. There's a person, now that I think about this, we'll have to have on the radio show, is correctly called Governor Tom Ridge. And, you know, the only reason I know that is I was at a meeting with Dick Thornburg and someone asked him, what should I call you? And he said that, you know, I guess in, in this world of politics and etiquette that it would still be Governor, even though he was the Attorney General during <laughs> you know, President Bush's administration, Another great person who, by the way, is speaking in New York City October 19th for the Tony Quello Lecture Series at the New York Law School, a tremendous event. And Dick and Jenny Thornburg are just really two great champions, and so is Tom Ridge. That's why I always say, well, our former governors, we have some really great disability leaders in our former governors in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Dick Thornburg and Tom Ridge. Absolutely. But I know you're still carrying this on, and I'm glad to see, Dan, that you've seen employment as a result. Um, do you feel when you bring in the interns, just for our listeners to know, you feel then that has an impact on the hiring managers? Oh, absolutely. I, we've seen that in a number of different places here where um, the managers call us back afterwards and say, um, um, hey, that that's a really good person. I've, I've got to figure out a way to get them to stay here permanently. Um, I think it's been good, too. One of the things that we've tried to do is uh, we hold held a training class for uh, managers. How do you work with people with disabilities? What is this whole initiative? And we tried to tell them, you know, we're going to bring you interns for free. It won't cost you a dime. We're going to bring you interns, and, um, and it's going to be easy for you to put people to work. And people here are just desperate for more help. So all those different things was a really good selling point to them, and they received this whole project with open arms, and I think that has laid a good foundation for, you know, good progress as we've gone forward here. Well, Dan, I know that you soon have to leave, and I want to thank you again for being a guest on our show. Do you have any uh, final message for our listeners? Well, I just appreciate the time to talk with all of you, and we're really trying to listen as much as we can so people have um, ideas or thoughts. Please um, let us know and uh, if we have a big nationwide conversation about these issues, I think we'll come up with better and better solutions. And, Dan, we'll keep having these nationwide conversations. Again, if you ever want to hear Dan uh, remember any of our shows, you just go to www.benderconsult.com, then go to the icon for Disability Matters, and all the old shows are archived with the text because we have real-time captioning for all of our friends from the deaf community on every show. So, again, VendorConsult.com, go to the icon for Disability Matters, or go to VoiceAmerica.com. But if you want to hear the old shows, go first to VendorConsult.com. And, Dan, we're going to end with a message from our president who said, 
Wherever a door is closed to anyone because of a disability, we must work to open it. Wherever any job or home or means of transportation is unfairly denied because of a disability, we must work to change it. Wherever any barrier stands between you and the full rights and dignity of citizenship, we must work to remove it in the name of simple decency and simple justice, says President Bush, our current President George Bush. And with that, Dan, thank you for joining us. Thank you. I know you'll carry on his words and make sure those doors are open. And to all of our listeners, remember, if you have something to say, say it. Don't sit back. Get that message to Dan in the Department of Homeland Security. And we'll look forward to seeing you next week as we continue celebrating National Disability Employment Awareness Month. This is Joyce Bender, and you're listening to The Voice of VoiceAmerica.com. See you next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Bye.